Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So how lucky am I to interview Paul Gross uh, on a Monday uh, in October and interviews Rasif Sutherland on a Tuesday in October. Rasif uh, was a star in several films this year at uh, uh, TIFF, uh, Toronto International Film Festival. He uh, knocked it out of the park. I think he was. Uh, I think he had three, three films he was involved in. I saw two of them, River and Hyena Road, which we're talking a little bit about today. We also talk about River, another great performance and a great film by Jamie Dagg that uh, Rasif stars in. I, I can't believe uh, how the people I've been able to meet, the people I've been able to talk to as a result of, of this podcast face-to-face. And what I love about these conversations is, yes, we start out with a, hey, let's talk about the film for Hyena Road. And then we end up in so many other places and in so many other, with so many other insights and ideas about life and about change and about, I don't know, becoming a better human. Oh man, that sounds corny, but I really, truly believe it. So uh, buckle up. You're going to uh, really enjoy Rasif. He's got a lot of insight. He's got a lot of uh, great stories to tell. And uh, the film is Hyena Road and also uh, River, uh, which probably will be released soon. But Hyena Road released October 9th in Canada. Rasif Sutherland here on Face to Face. So welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by a, a very special guest today. I've been really looking forward to this interview. Rasif Sutherland is with us today. Um, and hey, Rasif, before we get in, just thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me, man. So we're going to talk, I think, about a lot of things, I hope. Uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> a couple of films that uh, premiered at the film festival for you, River, uh, and directed by Jamie Dagg, and of course, Hyena Road, uh, directed by Paul Gross, which I believe opens this Friday, October the 9th. Yeah, yeah, here in Canada, yeah. Here in Canada. So world premiere on both films. Um, so before we kind of get into the film, I, can I ask you a, a kind of a generic question? Mm-hmm. Why acting? Why aren't you? Why aren't you a plumber? Why? Why don't um, you know? Why don't you yeah, sell? Well, why don't um, you sell photocopiers, uh, Rasif? Um, I, uh, I, w- I would hope that if I had become a plumber, that I would be a decent plumber. Actually, <laughs> I grew up in France and, and, uh, in 
plumbers are very sought after, and it's a it's a very they make a very decent living. Um, I I grew up in an environment in which I was surrounded by artists, um, mm. and so I was never I was never dissuaded from from this this desire to to play to create. Um, kids have wild imaginations, and so if you if you give them an outlet, they'll uh, uh, they'll most likely embrace it. And and uh, but it was it was it was that that thing of of turning um, a pastime into a profession. Mm. Um, right. To see my parents to see my parents able to make a living, it didn't mean that I would be able to, but to see them make a living. Um, made made the argument that I heard from a lot of other parents telling their kids, you know, don't waste your time with writing, because 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 uh, you know you gotta be you gotta be more serious and you gotta do this, you gotta do that, and don't be so unrealistic. I never had that growing up. So you were you but were as, you were always you were always sort of validated in the whatever sort of path you wanted to choose. I was yeah. yeah. I wanted to um, I wanted to be a writer. That was my fantasy when I was a I was a little kid. My father was away from home for most of the year and instead of writing him letters I would share short stories with him mm. and he was always very very supportive and nice and so that's that's what I did I, I was I studied in France up until the age of 19 and then went to University of Princeton and I studied philosophy same as you oh excellent um, good and um and um, all that with the desire of you know uh, having a profession as a as a writer um, I discovered there that I could sing, and that was a um, a big life changer for me. Did you say? It did you a, say sing? Sing, yeah. I um, it was a dare. Um, I uh, I was in a dorm room. There were a couple cute blonde girls, and one of my friends picked up a guitar and he wanted to entertain them. He said, "Ross, if I, I dare you, man, just sing." <laughs> and so I, I had a I had a short story that I'd. That I'd just written that was fresh in my mind. I didn't know it word for word, but I knew uh, I knew the the gist of it, and so I I just started improvising and I sang. Wow, and, that's cool. And it was uh, it was uh, it was one of those moments when I it's like looking at yourself in the mirror and and seeing something that you've never seen before. It was like to, it was like discovering myself. Do you think that was? It's, it's a great, great story. And tell me about the blondes. Were they, <laughs> were they impressed? No, nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. I, I, yeah, no, no. Um, I, yeah, no, nothing happened. <laughs> but I kept singing as a party trick. So oh, okay. People would just pick up a guitar, and I would just improvise. I was, I was really not shy about whatever was going to come out of my mouth. And some, some of the time, it was really quite. I mean, I'm flattering myself here, but it was uh, it was a surprise to me. It was it was really quite amusing, and I would find rhymes in unexpected places, and it would just you know get a small crowd going, and and it was fun. It was fun to me because because um, it was always in the moment, and that was the thing mm. that, I, that I really wanted to explore with the telling of stories was that. Um, you never tell one same story the same way, depending on the environment in which you're in. Interesting. Um, it has a bunch of influence on you, and therefore, once I started singing, I didn't want things to be set in stone. Right. I just wanted to. 
I just wanted to sing the way it came out. It, it was only when I started taking acting classes that that, that changed. Um, I, I became, I, I explored the idea of becoming an actor when I was uh, about, I guess, 22, 23 years old. Okay. Again, at Princeton, um, it was, um, it was a, a lovely girl, a friend of mine. She was doing her senior thesis, and she was going to direct and produce um, um, a short film that she'd written. Uh, as her senior thesis, she was going to just write a paper about it and show the film. But she realized very quickly that she was she had too much on her hands. Right. That she was asking too much of herself, and so she reached out to me. And I, I think... I think it may have just been because of my last name. Um, I I never really expressed interest in becoming a director. I'd taken a direct, directing class just to you know play around with cameras and, and get a sense of that world. But uh, she knocked on my door and she said, "Rossi, would you like to do it?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." I mean, why would I pass it? Yeah, up? why why would you say no? Why would I say no? Um, and so I I embarked on that adventure and. On my first day of shooting, my lead actor decided that he had better things to do, and so he didn't show up. <laughs> um, and so there we were, we were waiting with all this gear that I'd put in a big truck, um, drove illegally through the Lincoln Tunnel, got <laughs> stopped by the police because you're awesome. not allowed to drive a truck. Um, I... Uh, I ended up there, and you know, there was we had a team of uh, we must have been about twenty people. It was, wow. you know, okay. it was a decent yeah. short film. Yeah, sure. And all these people were waiting, and I'm, I, I was, uh, I was, I was the leader of the gang. I was the director. That was that was that was uh, that was part of the job description. I was the decision maker, and so I, I had to make a decision. And time was of the essence, and so I said, "Oh well, heck." I'm familiar with the script. I, I fit in this guy's clothes. I, I guess, well, heck, I'll, I'll just do it. And so I, um, I did. Love and it. I showed the film to my father as, uh, as a director, mostly. I'd spent so much mm -hmm. time in the editing room that I'd kind of forgotten that it was me on the screen, you know. You, right. You end up, you end up cutting yourself to pieces. That yeah, you lose, you lose, you lose any kind yeah, of sort of objective not, sense, right? Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not you anymore. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so I showed it to my dad as a director, and and I was too shy, too nervous to to sit down and watch it with him. So I went to my room and I waited. And the film was, I think the film was twelve minutes long, and cool. he made me wait for a half hour. <laughs> And nice. you know, after the first twelve minutes, I was wondering, you know, was he was he trying to come up with positive things to say about <laughs> right. a negative experience? And I, he ended up calling me downstairs, and I heard him scream my name, Rossip, Rossip, and I, I come downstairs, and and he was, he was past holding back tears, and wow, he said he was, he said, kid, that's what you're supposed to do for them. Wow, that's a and great, I, that's an awesome story. I said, what, be a director? He said, well, we'll see about that, but I, I think you should be an actor. Wow. And, and so that's, uh, that's when I started taking acting classes. I, I wasn't, I wasn't really convinced, as my father was convinced. Right, right. That this was right for me. Um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to go on a life journey and explore 
you know, the meaning of life, you know, all those big questions that we grew up with. Sure, yeah. And, uh, and I wanted to figure out who the heck I was, and, and I thought that playing different people for the rest of my life would only distract me from that goal. But that's when things change. It's, you know, what I was, Ross, yeah. if sorry, sorry to interrupt, but, you know, no, no. I... I I love this story for a whole lot of reasons. One, because it's just, you know, it's we got we got stuff about parenting and about relationships and about pay, and just frankly, just paying attention to the little things. So, you know, here's your friend. She needs a little help. You step in. Your guy doesn't show up. I mean, it's just, you look back, you know, Kierkegaard, sorry to quote the philosopher, but, you know, you, you, live, you live moving forward, but you, you only really start to understand when you look back and you see the connections and you see the dots and the points, sure, right? Sure, and if I, if, if I, I have one piece of advice, you know, with all the stuff that I've I've done is just keep showing up. That's that's all you can do. I mean, uh, you know, there is no such thing as justice, fairness, as far as as far as in my line of work, which is being an actor. You find yourself as oftentimes at a cattle call and audition a bunch of actors going for the same part, and, and everybody's gone through. A, a bunch of training and blah blah blah, and, and they all want it. And but it's all—it's all just a question of, you know, just because you've done the work doesn't mean you deserve the part. And you just—you just show up, and and things will will happen if, if you keep showing up. But I think I think that goes for life in general. You know, yeah, I think sure. back at all the things that, you know, three years ago, I would I would think at some of the stuff that I've done and think, oh gosh, I, I wish. I wish I hadn't done that, or I, I, right. I wish I'd done that differently. But, but here I find myself now, and you know, I'm I'm madly, madly in love, and I'm I'm gonna have my first first little man joining nice. joining this world of ours. Very and, nice. And if it weren't for all those possible mistakes, if I dare call them that, I, I will I wouldn't be where I am now, and I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So in a in a recent in a recent article that I read a few days ago by I think it was by Jane Stevenson you, you know you I can't quote you right now but the the full quote but but it's a great quote and I'll maybe even put a link into it in your bio when I put this online but you talk about hey don't want to don't want to get all my paraphrase here Russ I'm sorry about that but don't want don't want to get all existential on you guys out there but hey this is really what life's about isn't it isn't it about asking those deeper questions and and coming to terms with those those things and and I hear that kind of you know, in your tone, uh, in what you're saying, obviously, but, but also in the tone, do you think you're kind of, are you drawn to those kind of roles? Would you say, uh, in a sense that, you know, you're sort of unpacking um, some of um, that stuff for yourself and, and for others? Oh, it's all, it's all, it's all for me. Yeah. Uh, really. At the end of the day, I don't do it for anybody else, but for me, hmm. um, I don't do it. You know, you were talking about before, um, before we started this, that about people who want to change the world, uh, you know, people who are uh-huh. putting themselves out there to make a difference. Um, if, if that happens, it's, it's, it, with anything that I do, it's really just a side effect of my, right. my principal desire, which is, which is just to change me, nice. improve me. Nice. Um, and, um, and so, uh, as far as roles that I'm drawn to, uh, you know, I'm, I'd like to think that I get to pick my roles, but I'm not at that place in my career. I'm I'm still I'm still very much um, I'm still very much just always constantly looking for work and putting myself out there and auditioning and um, 
and I and I actually like the process of auditioning because it, it's a it's a way to meet somebody and kind of take away from the anxiety of the first day of work. They get a taste of what they're going to sure, get. You know, sure. it's no surprise. I see my father who's 80 years old. He's about to start a film now, and wow, you know, parts are just offered to him, and, and he's he's so nervous when he starts a project, as am I, but. But it never goes away, you know. It's it's not, you never you never get comfortable when you well, that's, when you truly care about. Something. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 passion and commitment, and you know, you know, and at the risk of of going too existential, the whole idea of changing yourself and and then others are are affected as a result potentially is is gravy. I mean, I think that's uh, I think it's honestly at the risk of overstating. I think it's a profound observation. I think a lot of us spend very little time changing ourselves or at least trying to anyway. Hey, listen, before we start talking about Hyena Road, I wanted to chat briefly about the film as well. Um, would love to talk with you about philosophy all day. No kidding. Uh, but you also appeared in a film, River, uh, directed by Jamie Dagg, in a, part yeah. of the, in a part of the world that I've spent a lot of time in, Southeast Asia, Laos. You know, I can't help but see those existential connections between sort of, you know, that the character, you know, uh, in the film, the, the decisions he has to make, some of the some good, some, some kind of not so good at all, you yeah, know. Yeah, well, and, I mean, just to sum it up for those people who are listening, um, it's... Um it's a story of a guy who's a, he works at an NGO, um, and uh, he's he's a, a do-gooder, um, and uh, he's somebody who means well. He's somebody who's not is not an angel in any way. You know, he's 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 trying to figure out who he is. He he's got his own demons, but um, but he's trying to make a difference, and and he finds himself in a situation where he. He uh, he witnesses the aftermath of this young local girl's rape, and and intervenes and confronts the assailant. And when that happens, uh, a fight ensues, and then he uh, he ends up he ends up killing the guy. And the whole the whole story is is pretty much about a guy on the run, but he's he's very much on the run from himself, mm-hmm. same as from the authorities that are after him. Because this this act of, of of intervention, trying to correct the wrong, um, by ultimately correcting a wrong, he committed the wrong. Right, right. Um, and so it's uh, he's very much he's very much uh, trying to figure out what he can live with, how he can live with himself, with what he's done, and can he forgive himself? Or does it take a court to forgive him, and does it? Uh, he also knows that if he stays in Laos, which doesn't has a doesn't have an extradition treaty, that he most likely will spend the rest of his life behind bars. Um, and those are not the sort of jails. I mean, if there is a jail, no. he wants to be in for the rest <laughs> That's of your life. Right. Today. I've, I've, not one of them. I've been in some of those jails uh, as yeah. you know, as a as an NGO uh, worker and working alongside other NGOs in the region. And let me tell you, there some of them I pr- pr- pretty rough around the edges. Let's uh, you know, understand, yeah. understatement yeah, yeah. of the century. The, the the fact that you know the whole film really, I mean, it's a thriller without a doubt, and and great. I love your performance in it, by the way. You you say well, very you. you say so little in the film and communicate so much, which I just love for so many reasons, but. It's really isn't that story just a series of these ultimately connected decisions, but seemingly made on the fly, but so dependent on the character 
this doctor, you know, who clearly wants to do good, but, you know, we've all got this sense that sometimes it's, you know, the decisions you make in the moment really are, are about who you are, right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, and, and those decisions end up defining you. We, we may, we may, we may want to define ourselves in, in a more glorious romantic light, you know, and, uh, and words, words can, can fool anybody, but ultimately, ultimately what you do, um, often speaks louder than words. And, um, in, in that case, for that guy, um, he, uh, he becomes, I don't know if you call it a murderer, but he certainly is a killer, mm-hmm. you know, he's, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that, that mistake that he's made, that, that moment of seeing red, of, of just taking things too far, um, you, you can't take that back, and, and so he's gotta, he's gotta, he's gotta suffer the consequences, or he's gotta live with the consequences. Either way, he's got enough of a moral compass that, yeah. That even if he's free, he's not going to be free. Um, you know, he's, uh, it's, uh, it is that question of doing what you can do in order to be able to live yeah. with yourself. And you know, there's a, there's a, the whole notion of, and I'm sure you're, you're aware of it, but this idea, and it's connected to Hyena Road for sure, but in development, this idea, uh, Mary Anderson wrote a book called Do No Harm. You know, it's kind of based on that whole, uh, the Heisenberg principle, you know, the moment you mm-hmm. interfere with a situation, you change it. And so, you know, as a development worker going into a community in rural Cambodia or Laos or Myanmar or wherever it is, you know, okay, great. You're bringing all these wonderful things in, you're building capacity, but what are you changing at the same time? Are you listening enough, you know, to the local culture? Are you, are you really capturing what's going on there before you go, Hey, by the way, I, I got a few answers here for you guys. And I think... I think it's a it's a it's something Paul Gross and I talked about recently about Hyena Road and this idea of going into this culture and he talked about the ghost the character the ghost in Hyena Road and said I could spend fifty years with this guy and still not understand him. Right. Yeah, and it's our job as actors to really try and understand and and justify. You know, that's, right. That's why nobody can ever be a character that I play can ever can never be a. Well, maybe a bad man, but um, I'll always be able to explain. And we all, we we can all understand. You know, you you think of you think of somebody who's driven to acts of terror, right? Um, you know, you if you put yourself in the position of somebody who's lost his entire family and is living in poverty and and suffering the consequences of 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 a of a very imposing uh, imperialistic regime, you know. Yeah. Dare call it that. I mean, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, same as that character that I played in River. You you can start seeing red. You can you can live a a, a hateful, vengeful life and find justification in it. Especially if if you think there's an afterlife. You know what I what um, I what I so love about what you guys do about film and. You know, if if there's a if there's another life, if there's an afterlife, you know, maybe I'll get my hand at acting. But I I just love the storytelling. I love how I can go to different places, how I can see how other cultures uh, interact and behave. And if I'm allowed, if if the film pulls me in, if your if your role pulls me in, your portrayal, etc. I, I honestly I go to the movies to be entertained, without a doubt, Rasif. But 
I mm-hmm. also go to be challenged. I want to I want to come away going, okay, how does this make me a better person? Honestly. Now maybe maybe not in a James Bond film, but but maybe in James Bond as well, you know? And so I, I, I just think it's a, it's a, it's, it's, and I love, I love how you started out the conversation today, you know, your discovery of your singing and your singing is about telling stories. I mean, it's just, it's great. Yeah. 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 Well, it's my, my, my life is, uh, is very much just about, I just, I just keep, keep trying and, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm given these opportunities to keep trying, which I, and I'm very lucky and very thankful for I think, you know, storytelling, you know, reading stories to my daughter, seven years old, and, you know, these simple little stories that 20 years ago I would have just kind of not even paid any attention to at all. Dr. Zeus, Shel Silverstein, some of these authors, and you go, holy smokes, there there is content here, there is insight here in these, you know, seemingly simple kid stories. And I just, I love the fact that I can learn about others you know through something as simple as storytelling it's i, I just think it's marvelous yeah well it's a story family bring us together well whatever whatever our differences may be we have so many things in common and uh and sometimes those those differences of ours just uh just get in the way of of reminding us that you know i'm not a, i'm not a religious person but i remember i i, I dated a girl for a while and she used to say I was the most most religious person person she knew. Is that right? Uh, because because I, that just I, that notion of, of a brother and sisters, you mm-hmm. know, that there there are certain things that, you know, religion teaches us that, that is obviously very valid. Um that we are all in this together and nice. Yeah. And to, 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 which 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 made you know, telling the story of of a war film such as High in the Road, um, yeah, a challenging one because you know you obviously you don't want to encourage war, you don't want to yeah. you don't want to make war sexy. Yeah, you don't want to glorify. Glorify. So Paul said it, um, very eloquently at one of the Q and A's. You know how how war has this quality of its own that you know it, it is uh, it, it it is. Um, I can't find the word, but there is there is that that the very attractive just um, um, no forget it. I can't find the words for it. But the uh, no, I think I know what you mean. There's the, there's something there's something kind of compelling about it in a way uh, that, that if you're telling a story about war, that you can't you can't escape that aspect of it. Yeah, that yeah. you may that you know it may come off as glorifying war. Um, Making it look sexy, but but in fact, you're just trying to make it realistic, which Real, is sure. from what I from what I from the sense of what I when I was speaking to soldiers when I was in Silo, Manitoba, which is where we started shooting, and you know they got those very imposing, intimidating uh, that that weaponry, and it's just uh, um, that is that is that is frightening in those. Uh, um, those outfits that are very intimidating, and and you find yourself in an environment that just that just makes you want to go and and hide, and uh, <laughs> and uh, but the the reason I don't I don't know I'm not I know I know Paul wanted to tell this story because he wanted to to show the many aspects of 
of war and, and how complicated it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure you wanted to offer answers, but but certainly posed some very valid questions. But sure. But to me, the um, I mean, it made sense for me, right? And a bunch of different reasons to do this film. I, I, I like to explore, and so therefore, why, why wouldn't I explore right, the life right. of the culture? But it was very much the the human quality that that I wanted to that I wanted to portray that I I wanted to uh, um, because when I I got I got to speak to these men and women. They were so different from what I expected, hmm. which was sort of what the sort of what the um, the uniform and, and the weaponry suggest. You know, the intimidation, sure. the, yep. the brute. You know, the um, but they they were so they were so sensitive. They were so smart, right? Um, so human. They, so human, yeah, and yeah. it seems silly to say, you know, it really it, is. It, it does seem silly but, to say, but I know exactly. But what you it's mean. it's um, you know, you see you see it as a group, you see it, but you forget the individuals, and you forget that every single one, um, you know that that blends in this this sea of camel, you know that that, that these are hmm. these are people who have who have uh, made this decision to try and live this life of purpose. Uh, you may disagree with their decision, but they, that sense of belonging, that yeah. sense of, uh, it's something we can all relate to. And well, this, I, yeah. I was really taken by, by the commitment and the courage. Mm. And, nice. and they, they don't, they don't have a very loud voice. You know, it's a war is very much of a, a political game too. Yeah. So, they're following orders, but uh, to have the the discipline and the selflessness to just put command before 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 your your own your own desires. I mean, it's you know, it's not something I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. although I do, I take direction all the time. But I'll do what I want to do, and I'll do what right. the director wants to do. When you're a soldier, you you just you just you stay in line. And, well, I think, you know, um, it's interesting that you point that out, too, because uh, Paul, Paul, Paul talked about that a great deal, that, that you know, here he, this preconceived idea that, that you know, you, you mentioned intimidation a couple times, but this idea of what a soldier is and then yet hanging out with them, you know, even the way he went over there, he didn't really have a story. And as he talked to these men and women, he started to develop this story out yeah, of their Yeah, no, I don't think he person, wanted to make you know? a film. I yeah, don't think he wanted to make another war film. Right. Actually, I know he didn't want to make another war film. After Passchendaele, as he says often, you know, those things are just so complicated yeah. to put together that uh, why not just tell a more simple story about a couple guys in a room, you know? What I, lo what I love about, I mean, you know, as I reflect back on our chat today, we're probably going to have to wind it up here shortly, but... But the, 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 the thread of storytelling overall, I so I'm so glad you talked about your you know, your singing and your storytelling and just wanting to to express that and explore that. And and here's Paul, you know, creating a film out of these individual stories of these people, these Afghanis, mm -hmm. these Canadian soldiers that he meets that and and it bubbles to the surface for him in a new way and he goes, Okay, now, now I need to make another film. May not be a war film, but it's gonna be about, you know, Canadian involvement in the war in Afghanistan. I just, it's, it's really, 
I just love that about life. I love the, I love the seemingly disconnected pieces that ultimately are are quite uh, beautiful. As corny as that sounds, Rossif, you know. And, no, no, no. You know it's what not I mean? Corny at all. I mean, you know, uh, if it's corny, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it's corny, uh, we're screwed, Rossif. Yeah. yeah, we are screwed. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I uh, no, it's it's you know, my line of work is a uh, is a is a fascinating one because we are a bunch of adults just playing and we take it so seriously you know um, yeah when in fact you know uh, it's it's not necessarily of grand consequence you know i'm, I'm i don't have a patient on a, on, a right. on an operation right. table I'm, right. I'm, not, I'm not saving lives you know i mean we're just, yeah but we do we take it with such a level of passion and, yeah, that's good and um and it's all you know trying to make something real out of something that ultimately is fake mm. but we uh yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Well, you. listen, I mean, I, I sound a little bit of a pejorative edge in your tone there. Listen, I at the risk of going over the top, I think what you guys do is brilliant. I got a huge amount of uh, respect for, for the filmmaking world. I love the way it's this, again, all these pieces coming together in, into a cohesive whole, or at least hopefully, if the director it's does such it. A, it's such a... Teamwork, you know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, what a beautiful, takes, what a beautiful metaphor, so right? Many, so many dysfunctional misfits. You know, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're all people from so many different walks yeah. of life that come yeah. together. Yeah, it's good. And, it's good. And well, tell and try and tell a story together. It's. Uh, well, hey, listen, yeah. I listen. I, I I hope we can do a part two down the road. I really, uh, yes, sure, Ross, if I really appreciate your time today, and again, congratulations on a couple of stellar performances in River and Hyena oh, Road. Oh, thank you very much, my friend. And um, uh, uh, thanks for thanks for your generosity today. And we'll uh, uh, we will have you posted real soon. Hyena Road opening, directed by Paul Gross, our guest today on Face to Face, uh, Ross of Sutherland. Thanks again, Ross. Ciao, ciao. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.